How do companies create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? The team at The Receptionist, a Denver-based software company, sets out to answer that very question. Welcome to The Fabric. Here's your host, Michael Ashford. We're introducing you to another new team member in this episode as our content marketing specialist, Anastasia Crane, joins the show. Now, Anastasia and I discuss a topic very near and very dear to her heart, and it has nothing to do with marketing or content. As of recording this episode, we just came out of National Disability Awareness Month here in the United States, and as you'll hear, Anastasia has some very personal experiences with disabilities that she is bold enough to share, while also providing some ideas for how to make it more of a topic of conversation in more companies. If you're interested in learning more about what we do and how company culture drives us, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash The Receptionist app. We're currently releasing new episodes of The Fabric once a month, along with lots of other great content. And now, here's my interview with Anastasia. Welcome everyone back to another episode of The Fabric, and I am here with one of our newer employees, not only on the marketing team, but in the company. This is Anastasia Crane. Anastasia, welcome to your inaugural episode of The Fabric. Thank you. (laughs) Now, this is the second time that we have worked together that we've been on the same marketing team, so I'm super pumped to have her here. Uh, Anastasia, just real briefly, explain a little bit of your background and what it's been like. You're now, what, four weeks, five weeks into? About six weeks, yeah. Six weeks, okay. (laughs) My, how time flies. (laughs) Uh, A little bit of your background, what you're doing for us, and yeah, just how the time at the receptionist has been so far for you. Yeah, okay. So I've actually been in marketing for about eight years now, specifically doing copywriting and content writing. And um, I came to work here about obviously six weeks ago. (laughs) And it's been really great so far. Everyone's so nice. And um, the work is really cool. I I really like how I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's just very relaxed. Yeah, I appreciate that. Good, good. And how's that marketing director? What he what does he like to work Eh. with? (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, wonderful. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about today here on this episode is a recent project that you just completed with a blog and some stuff that you've brought to our attention and some some ideas that you've shared regarding National Disability Month. As we record this, we just came out of National Disability Awareness Month, which is in October every year. We're recording this in early November 2023. But we just want to bring light to it no matter when you're listening to this. It's an ongoing conversation. And this is something that you have a lot of what would you say? Um, it, it matters to you. It matters to in me, a, yeah. In a very deep and profound way. So uh, let's go there for one, just why does it matter as it, as it should, but why does it personally matter to you? Yeah. So I actually have a couple people in my family with disabilities. Um, my younger sister has a physical disability and my aunt lives with my parents and my mom is her caretaker and she also has several disabilities. And so, you know, just growing up watching the things that they've went through, um, it just really, I think, created an awareness in me mm-hmm. um, and it made it it made it really important to me because I've seen how difficult the world can be to navigate if you have a disability. And obviously not from a personal perspective, but, you know, just watching them kind of go through life on a day-to-day basis and seeing just all the challenges that they've faced, you know, in in various ways. 
Anastasia, is it talked about enough in in business? Absolutely like, not. No. And, and it feels like even even us having this conversation beforehand as we were prepping, I even felt a level of I'll say discomfort and like, am I saying the right thing? Am I, am I phrasing this right? Where does that come from, from your perspective? Yeah, I think it's just, um, so like one in four people actually lives with a disability, but there are so many people out there who don't, who think they don't know anyone who has a disability. Hmm. Um, and you know, they, they don't really have a lot of personal experience with it. Maybe they don't, um, the people in their life who have disabilities, don't aren't you know forthcoming about it or there are a lot of invisible disabilities out there and so that one in four number kind of sounds you know crazy but it's it's real it, yeah. it's real like it's i think actually 27 percent of the american population has a disability oh my god yeah i had no idea until again you you brought some of this to light you mentioned the phrase invisible disability there what are we referring to there um, that can be a lot of different things. Like the first one that comes to mind is fibromyalgia, which is like pretty debilitating. But, you know, it's if you look at someone, you're not going to obviously see that they have it. Yeah. And I think when people think of disability, they think of, you know, people, wheelchair users or people who use walkers or canes or, um, you know, amputees, people like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's those are the first things that come to mind are just those very obvious like physical disabilities. But it can look so many different ways. I, I, I can only speak to my own experience. And there are just like myriad disabilities out there and they, you can't put any of them in a box of any kind. Yeah. And kudos for using the word myriad correctly. <laughs> well, I, I am an English major. So. And a writer. I would expect nothing less. Uh, but from your perspective, and I know I, I know it's kind of, I guess, secondhand with the people in your life who, who do struggle and, and who are um, disabled in various ways, but how does it feel, I guess, set apart when a company does not pay attention to these types of, of things, if it's even, it's perhaps more profoundly, the invisible disabilities that you just talked about or the things that are not readily seen like you said using a cane or a walker or a wheelchair. Um, how does that manifest itself in their in their experience of day-to-day -day life at, at work? In my sister's working life, she's had to use um, like various aids. Um, in fact, I think she worked, so she used to work at, at a government building mm -hmm. and they had to install like handicap buttons. Um, you know, you push the button outside the door and it opens the door for you. They previously didn't have them. And so they had to install them for her, which I think was in violation of the ADA, <laughs> which is ironic. It's a government building. Yeah. It's, um, it's but everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think part of the reason people kind of shy away from it because it's like, oh, am I going to have to make all these adjustments for someone to come into my building and to mm -hmm. work, you know, at a desk? Like, am I going to have to buy new equipment for them? Am I going to have to do all this other stuff for them? And so I think there is a bit of discrimination out there Yeah, because of that. Yeah. Um, at the very least, and just what you said there, I, I have no doubt that that happens and that the they're looking at it as a, as a cost or an expense. Yes. Right? Yes. In your view and with your perspective, has has the kind of move towards more hybrid or virtual work helped or hindered? Or? No, absolutely. I think it's helped a lot. I think um, businesses have found it easier to to hire people who have disabilities because, you know, they it's it's easier for them to work from home, which is great. Yeah. You know, and so I think there's probably 
I, I haven't done any research on this, but I would assume <laughs> that there's been an uptick in hiring of people with disabilities um, just because, you know, they can work from anywhere. Yeah, that would be that would be wonderful if that was the case. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If if the the data did show that. Um, so to loop it to some of the stuff, the, some of the research you brought to us and the biggest draw that I brought out of your article that is linked in the show notes of, of this episode uh, about how our system can be used to help um, visitors to your offices navigate navigate your office who, who do have a disability. One of the points you made, Anastasia, was have someone there. Mm -hmm. Have someone there in case that's needed. And that's one of the things that we've always said is like be mindful of just replacing a human with technology this is one of those i'll say hidden discrimination ways that that, that can show up or, or if you're not thinking about this having somebody there to walk a human through the mm -hmm. the check-in process just thoughts on that i think you know if you are expecting to welcome a lot of people who have disabilities who need that extra help I do think it's valuable to have someone there and it wouldn't be just for checking in, but, you know, for general purposes, you mm -hmm. know, guiding them around, maybe depending on what your business does. I think if you've got someone who if, if you have like a large company and your your building is large, you're probably going to need to have someone guiding people through that anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Most likely. I mean, and if you to go back, I'm, I'm just. I keep bringing up this hidden disability um, phrase that you used. If you have a large complex, well, that can be very difficult for somebody who has rheumatoid arthritis and has trouble walking. Yeah. Um, that can be really difficult. So being mindful of those things and being able to guide that person there in the quickest way or the quickest manner possible, mm -hmm. that's going to be really important. From our product perspective, what are some of the things that folks who use a visitor management system should be thinking about in terms of placement and usage of the iPad itself? Yeah, so there are actually a number of ADA requirements um, that, that say you have to have certain things accessible within a certain number of inches. And we have an article, a support article about that as well. So it gives you the exact measurements and stuff like that. So, but you know, you should be mindful of making sure that the person, like say, for example, a person in a wheelchair could actually reach the iPad. So if you put it, you know, way up here, a lot of, a lot of people actually probably won't be able to reach it, <laughs> myself included. Um, <laughs> so I think just being mindful of just everyone who could possibly come into your, into your business and, and need to use it, are they going to be able to reach it? One of the one of the placements we've seen sometimes is like you'll have a, a a high desk or or countertop and then a wall mount where the the wall, the iPad is mounted on the wall to where you kind of have to reach up and over the counter to get to it. And, yeah, certainly someone with multiple di different disabilities could have a lot of trouble. Reaching oh, yeah, something absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. In a case like that, you probably want to get a floor stand instead. Right. So that, you know, everyone could have have access to it. Absolutely. Um, what else? Anything else come to mind in terms of like our system, our product? I know there are some features perhaps that can help like uh, for the hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What What did you find there? There's a voiceover. Um, you can enable that, enable that on the iPad accessibility settings um, so that you can have, um, you can have it speak to you. And obviously if you were hard of hearing, you wouldn't need that. But if you were, you know, if you were blind. Yeah. That might be helpful for you. Mm -hmm. Um, having that voiceover. Um, I did check. You can't make the text bigger. <laughs> we probably cut that out. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, there are things that we we can improve as well. We can certainly work through that. So, um, Anastasia, anything else that uh, you want to make sure we talk about? We make sure we bring to light on this subject, and and just are there are there places or resources that we could go to educate ourselves more on on things like this? Totally. I mean, Google obviously is a great resource. <laughs> if you just if you go to Google and type in how can I help people with disabilities? How can I be more mindful of disabilities? Um, I think being willing to do that research and being willing to like look inward and kind of confront your own discrimination, your own ableism. Or biases. Biases, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really valuable um, because there are, there are a lot of people out there who are amazing and they bring so much to the table but they are discriminated against because they have a disability. In the research that I've done in the past, there was a lot of evidence to support the fact that people with disabilities actually stay in their roles longer, be, partly because it's more difficult for them to find new roles, but mm. also they're just, I think it, they tend to be more loyal and um, they're really adaptable because they've had to learn so many different ways in their own lives. You know, how am I gonna reach the counter? How am I gonna, you know, take myself to the bathroom? How am I going to do X, Y, Z? And so they're really good at problem solving. Mm -hmm. There is actually research to support this. I'm not just making it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm believing you here. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that, I guess the message I really want to send is like, give people with disabilities a chance. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is the fabric. So it's fun, authentic, bold, respectful, innovative, and collaborative. I can think of right off the top of my head, it's a it's a respect thing. It's a respect for human all human life. Yes. Um, it's a respect for making sure that even what you cannot physically see with your eyes, it still presents a challenge in some way. And being mindful of that, and being and wanting to problem solve and make sure that everyone can experience your your business, your work culture the same, or at least have an opportunity. That's what I keep coming back to in my mind, Anastasia, is just like, what opportunity are we putting out there? Is that is that resonate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it is about opportunity. You know, there you know, I was recently applying for a lot of jobs and there's a questionnaire when you apply for jobs, if you have a disability and it's like if you have one which I actually do have a hidden disability. There are a lot of people who think that like mental illness is not a disability, but in fact, it mm. it is classified as a disability. Um, so I have bipolar disorder too. Um, and so that has at different times in my life been very debilitating. But it's like when you come across that questionnaire, do I say yes? Am I honest? Like, what should I do? Because the fear is if I am honest and I say, yes, I have a disability, is that going to preclude me from getting a job at this place? Like, mm -hmm. and of course, no employer recruiter would ever tell you this is why you didn't get the job because that's that's illegal um but you you would have no evidence to prove that that is the reason you didn't get the job right yeah and, and certainly we're not here to give legal advice uh, <laughs> i don't know why that that question would be out there I, I assume there was positive intent that's one of our our um core features of, of what it means to be respectful is assume positive intent. And I would like to assume that those questions are out there for a positive reason. But yeah, there's there is sometimes it's it's unconscious bias, right? Yes. yes. I think that's what it all comes down to. We can never fully account for that. So having a questioning mindset of the things that you do have in place, how it might be perceived and, and even what you said, I mean, and thank you for the authenticity there and sharing your your own struggles and your own um, story of just 
making sure that we're, we're asking the question, right? Yeah. What, I guess that, that would be my question to you is what kinds of questions can we be asking ourselves to make sure that this is something that we are aware of or that we're bringing attention to within our companies and, and perhaps even more or take it further than that. How could somebody advocate for this within their company as, as you have done for us here in, in what you've already brought in the first six weeks, <laughs> <laughs> two part question there, what questions could we be asking and, and how could we use those questions to advocate? Yeah, I think it really does start with kind of examining your internal biases. Again, there are so many different types of disabilities out there and people have maybe this vision in their mind of what it means, but you have to, you have to look inward and, and say, why do I think that? Mm -hmm. And how can I change my view? Um, I think one way of doing that is doing a lot of research, um, you know, being open to getting to know people who have disabilities. I think some people on some level are afraid of disability because it's kind of foreign to them. Yeah. Unknown. Unknown. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they don't really know what it's like to live with a disability. They don't, again, they think they don't know anyone who lives with a disability. And mm -hmm. so just kind of examining your own internal biases, I think is really good. And then just being mindful as a business leader, being mindful and being open to, you know, potentially hiring people with disabilities because of, you know, the fact that they are adaptable, they're loyal, they're, you know, they're all these things. They have so many good qualities to bring to the table and obviously not to put them all in a box because I'm sure there are dis disabled people out there who maybe aren't very nice, <laughs> but that's not because of their disability. We can all not be very nice right, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, just like us, they're, they're just human beings. They're and humans, so yeah. I think treating them as such is the ultimate goal. And I'll leave it with this. I mean, one of the ways that Obviously, our product is designed to sit in the front of office or the, the front lobby of a business and just walk into your building or your location or your office and consider, just ask the question, okay, for me, I am an able-bodied, you know, middle-aged man. I experience this just like thoughtlessly. I experience the way that we walk into our building here uh, where we're headquartered as the receptionist without a thought. Mm -hmm. So walk in and, and have the awareness or, or be mindful of how would somebody who is, and to use your, your suggestion earlier, go Google these things or, or just think, how might somebody with a physical disability, both seen and unseen, experience our lobby, our waiting area? Where, how is the seating arranged? Are there clear paths from point A to point B, from the front door to the, the front desk, perhaps? Elevators. Um, elevators, right. Like, just snap out of the um, passing through mentality and just take that mindful approach to what am I seeing and noticing here and how might somebody who experiences the world differently than me experience what we've got set up and then advocate for that. Just like, hey, I noticed this. Is this really what we want to, is this really the impression that we want to leave for folks walking or, or coming into our building? I don't want to always say walking um, and just being mindful of my language here too. Yeah. I, I, hopefully. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> hopefully that, that helps the listeners and the, the viewers do that too. So Anastasia, any last thoughts on anything I just said or any, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I, I guess having grown up with people with disabilities in my life, when I walk into any place, 
because I, I am a, you know, I don't have a physical disability. And so I experience the world similarly to you. But the first thing I'm looking at is how is my sister going to get around this building or mm. this place that we're at? And so, again, I think you're absolutely right. Looking at how how other people might experience your place of business is a really good start. And collaborate with people who, uh, like you, uh, collaborate with other organizations out there who can I'm sure there are people that can come in and take a look at your space and make recommendations if, if you want to take it to that level. But yeah, just respect and authenticity, I think, are, are the two main core values that we want to drive home with this. So thank you, Anastasia. Appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this helps some folks. Go check out the links in the show notes for some of the resources that we mentioned. And uh, let's make this a, a more regular thing that you come on the, the fabric here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Anastasia. Thank you. Hey, and to you, our audience, thank you so much for joining us here for this episode of The Fabric, shot live from our studio here in Denver, Colorado, which you're seeing behind me. Thank you so much. And would you please consider subscribing to this channel? That's youtube.com slash The Receptionist app. Subscribe so that you never miss when we drop new content here on the channel, which we're gonna be doing a whole heck of a lot more. And join us in the comments below and let, you, let me, let us know what you thought of this episode. Put yourself in the shoes of someone with a disability, the things you heard Anastasia talk about today. And consider, look, at your, look around at your company and consider what could you be doing perhaps just a little bit better to make them more successful with whatever they may be experiencing? We'd love to hear from you. So join the conversation in the comments below. We'll be there ready and waiting. Take care. The Fabric is hosted by me, Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing here at The Receptionist. And it's produced by our creative manager, James Jordan. If you'd like to give The Receptionist for iPad Visitor Management System a try in your office, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash free trial and give us a test drive for 14 days with no credit card required. See what you think. And until next time, take care. <laughs>